Welcome to this Sunday morning's message podcast from Kingdom Faith. How you doing? You alright? It's the end, end of the, the, the fast period. So, you all hungry today? No? I was a little bit ill, my wife and I, during the, uh, the, the fast period, so we was a little bit out of action. Yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? You know, whenever there's a the call uh, for us to submit a part of our life or the first part of the year to God's, um, whatever it was that we were fasting, that the, the, the devil always wants to come and steal it, doesn't it? The, the Bible says that, um, that uh, affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake, so essentially what that means is that when God gives us something to do or to press into as a body or as a church or individually, stuff arises to try and steal it away from us, doesn't it? Yeah? And they're like the parable of the sower, right? Cool. So you guys all right? Okay. Um, just whatever's going on in your life, Jesus is still on the throne. Got some notes here. Okay. How many of you got these last, last week or a couple of weeks ago? You got one? You got some names on there? You all got some names on there? Yeah. So these, these, these are stay in your Bible. We, we, there's some more at the back, actually, at the info point. If you want to grab one, you can write some names on it. And, and there's, there's some declarations in it that we're going to speak over people that we want to see saved. So I've got four names. There's three spaces. I've got, I've got two Rickies on there. Look at that. I'll put them in the same space. So Ricky and Ricky are being prayed for. So the whole period of our fasting, the, the, you know, the reason that we were giving up lunches or breakfast or computer games or social media, whatever it was we were doing, it, it's so we could break through individually. But we're breaking through to break out. It's not just for us, is it? We're not just doing it because we think it's going to be a really good idea if we starve ourselves a little bit or we don't go on Instagram or whatever. But we're using it as a period where we, we're going to break through individually so that we can break out and we can impact those people around us, those people that we've got on the cards. They're people that we're, we're specifically targeting, we're aiming at to, to, to speak life over them, to speak freedom over them, to speak purpose over them and all of that stuff. Yeah? It's not just for us. So 2018 is going to be a year of victory for us. That's why we portion off that section. We portion off a little bit of January. And I appreciate there's complicated variables for some people and they can't do it um, you know, as, uh, as other people do. But you know, the fact is, is that we're doing it. We're sacrificing something. We're giving a little bit of our time over to God, something that we'd usually be using to do something else. And we're giving it to God so that God can break through in us. More of him. He must increase. We must decrease so we can break out to others. Yeah? Cool. Okay. Um, so let's have a look at these verses real quick, because we've got on here, um, I, I mean, if, you, if, if you've got one of these, great. If you haven't, it doesn't matter too much. They're at the info point. But the first verse on there is John six forty four. Do you have that, Chris? Yeah? You are on it this morning. Pastor Rohan said you wouldn't really be up for it. You was going to be so hungry that you weren't really thinking straight and all of that. So we've got some desserts afterwards. You can enjoy those. So John six forty four. it says here, look, no man can come to... No man can come to me, no man can come to Jesus unless the Father draws him, and I'll raise him up on the last day. So there is something that God's got to do in us to cause us to come to him. That's what Jesus is saying. He wants to draw us to himself. Now, some people use that, and I've got this issue going on, you know, I've had a lot of people, even well-respected friends that believe in this whole theory, you know, Calvinism and all of that. I'm not going to get into it, but, you know, predestination and all of that stuff. But what they do, they take little bits of Scripture and they kind of twist it and they use it to, to, to back up what they mean, but they overlook all the stuff that the Bible does say 
And then they use little bits of the Bible that they, they twist to, to back their argument up. So they say, oh, no, no one can come to the Father unless the Father draws him. And that's true, absolutely. God has to do something in us. When the gospel is preached, we have a, God gives us a measure of life to make a choice then, to make a decision as to whether we believe uh, you know, what, what, what Jesus is saying, whether we believe the gospel. So it says no man can come to the Father unless the Father draws him. So what we need to be praying is that God would draw these people that we're praying for to himself. That God, was, God, God would put a measure of life in them, cause them to make a decision to, to draw them unto himself. Now, people say, yeah, well, that's, you know, it's up to God whether he draws someone or not. Yeah, absolutely. But what did Jesus say in John 12, 32? John, have you, have you got that, Chris? John 12, 32? Look at this. When I'm lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. I will draw all unto me. So when we lift up Jesus, he draws people. Yeah? Cool. He has to do something in us. But we have to pray it out over these people, over our friends, over our family, over our loved ones. We've all got friends and family that don't know Jesus, that we can pray that God would draw them. It's just, it just baffles me because, you know, these, as I said, you know, I won't get deeply into it, but this whole thing, people say, oh, you know, it's almost like a pride thing. Oh, well, I'm a believer, you're not. Maybe God didn't call you, God didn't choose you. Jesus said that hell was created for the devil and his angels. So no one's meant to be separated from God. That's why Jesus came and did what he did. We couldn't make ourselves right, could we? Even on our best day, we're still a mess. <laughs> Okay. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. How many of you know that we've got an enemy as well? Yeah? I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that during that period of fasting that we have an enemy. An enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. But what we need to be praying for our friends and family that we have on this card and these people that we want to see saved is that we bind the spirit that blinds their minds. Yeah? 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says, The God of this age, that's the devil, blinds the minds of the unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So, essentially, the, the, you know, the enemy wants to keep people trapped, doesn't he? He wants to keep people captive because he's a sucker and he's afraid to burn in hell alone. He wants to keep people blinded to the truth so that they can't see the light of the gospel. So we need to come against this spirit. We're praying against this spirit constantly that we're binding, we're, we're coming against, we're pushing back, we're uh, taking authority over the spirit that blinds the minds of the people that we love, that blinds the minds of the people that Jesus loves, and that he wants to draw unto himself. Is that making sense? Do you know, when I, I worked on the railway, sorry, do you know what, I've had this cold mouth gets super dry when I'm talking. I used to work on the railway um, up, in, up in London. And, um, you know, with all of this stuff about being, um, you know, uh, accessible for disabled people and all of that stuff, and we have to have certain things in place because of the safety and, and the nature of the job. So whilst we were training, one of the things that we had to do was to actually um, pretend that we were blind. But obviously you can't just pretend that you're blind because you'll peek, you know, like my, my daughter does, like, can't see me. You can't 
do that. So what they did, they gave us these glasses, and these glasses, they were sort of like taped up, you know, like full, like black tape. Um, some of them were like partially sighted or they had small, small little holes in them. So we had to literally put these glasses on so, so we would get a feel of what it's like being blind. And we were walking, so they, they actually took us out into East Croydon Station in the middle of the day, like Friday afternoon, and we're walking around with these glasses on. Like, and we couldn't see, you know. Thankfully, we had a helper with us that was, you know, directing us to, to, uh, to the train and to the right platform. But we're walking around like this. And do you know what? If they let go of my arm, I would have just, I probably would have fallen over. I probably would have got hit by a Gatwick Express or something, you know. But it's, do you know how difficult it is to, to, to walk around when you're blind? Do you know the, the verse that says that a blind man can't lead another blind man? You just both fall into a pit. Like, you can't lead each other. And that's what goes on in this world. We've got so many people that are blind themselves, and they're leading other people. You know? The end's destruction. But it's so difficult when you can't see anything, and you're walking around, and you're bumping into stuff, and you're just, you know, I can't see where I'm going. Someone help me. You're calling out. But, you know... God doesn't want us to be like that, you know. We, we, we need to come against a spirit that blinds the eyes of them spiritually because that's exactly what's going on spiritually. That's exactly what they're doing. They're stumbling around like this. We can't get to where we need to go. We're probably going to just get hit by a train or something, you know. Maybe not a literal train, but maybe a spiritual train. So we need to come against that spirit that blinds their minds, you know. It's not difficult to see. You just walk down the shops and, and you can see people that are just like that, spiritually blind, you know, alcoholics and people struggling with different stuff and all this, all this stuff going on in their lives. and They're spiritually blind. They can't see the truth. Cool. So Ephesians, Ephesians 1, 17. We need to release a spirit of wisdom over people. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Yeah? The next verse goes on to say about his, uh, uh, our hearts being enlightened to the hope which he's called us. We need to release a spirit of wisdom over people. A spirit of revelation. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so we, you know, God's using us to draw people to him. So we, you know, we're drawing people in. We're drawing people in. Uh, and we're coming against the spirit to, blind, uh, to, to, to unbind them and, 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 and so that their mind and eyes and heart could see. But then we need to release a spirit of wisdom over them. You know, a spirit of revelation. Because it's all good being unblind and stuff, but then no one's going to show you the way to go. You know? I'm stumbling around there on the platform, and it's like, well, hold on, is this my train? Wait, is this my train? Am I on platform four? Am I? You don't know. We need, a, we need a spirit of revelation and wisdom to know where we're going, which direction we're going in. Come on, let me show you how to walk this out. I think that was one of the problems I had as I was, uh, you know, a new believer, and I've known, I've known Jesus for years. I was, you know, baptized as a young boy, and I was, sort of went off the rails. Some of you know my story, but I didn't have anyone to walk it out with me, you know? I didn't have that, that spirit of wisdom and revelation. I, you know, I, I, I kind of knew the truth, but I was like that. I was a little bit blind. I was still stumbling around. I needed someone to come alongside me, and, and we all need that. We, you know, we're called to make disciples, not converts. Jesus said, go into all the world and, 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 and make converts and teach them to obey the Lord. Did he say that? No, he said disciples. Come on, I'm going to show you what this walk's about. Come alongside 
We're going to walk it out together. We're going to be accountable. We're going to have that spirit of revelation and wisdom released over us so we know what to do in the direction we're going in. Does that make sense? Just shout out if I'm babbling because, you know, I've got the United guys in here today. They're they're usually pretty cool. You lot look at me funny. You look at me in a funny way. (laughs) Okay. So we pray that the Father draws them. We bind the spirit that blinds their eyes and mind to the truth. Then we release a spirit of wisdom over them. Yeah? So they can see and they get a clear direction. One of the most important things, one of the most important things is that there's a deep repentance. If you get a shallow repentance, you get a shallow disciple because there's no roots. I made such a mess of my life that I had to get to a stage where there was such a... I'm I'm not even joking. Do you know, I hold on to this. It gives me great confidence. God woke me up in the middle of the night at 3.23 in the morning. He told me to read Luke 9.23. Because all this time I knew this truth. And when I reached over and grabbed my my dusty Bible and I blew it off and I opened it to Luke 9.23 and it says, He who desires to come after me must deny himself, pick up his cross daily and follow me. We don't repent once. It's not a flu shot. It's an ongoing cycle. We live a lifestyle of repentance because we're prone, all like sheep, we've gone astray. Sometimes we can walk around blind and we get blinded by stuff and we need to be dragged back onto course. We need to live a lifestyle of repentance, keeping short accounts, because if we live a lifestyle of repentance, we keep ourselves right before God. And it's a constant, constant thing. God, I was wrong. I shouldn't have thought that. I'm sorry. You know, cleanse me. Just, you know, and he's already done it, but we need to restore that relationship. We're not doing it so he forgives us. He's already forgiven us. We're doing it to restore our relationship. But there has to be a deep repentance with a new disciple. Because if there's not a deep repentance, you don't have a deep disciple. You know, and it's not just a quick thing, uh, you know, just repeat after me. Um, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I'm really sorry for all the things that I've done. I'm really sorry for all the things that I've done. I just repent now. I repent now. Please come into my heart and change me. Please come into my heart and change me. Amen. Amen. Done. You're a Christian. Go. We can't do that. We can't. You know, it's, just, it's bizarre to think that we can have uh, just a quick prayer like that and then suddenly we're going to have some, some disciple that's going to go out and, and, and preach the word and do, you know, do amazing things for God because there's no depth. The depth of our repentance means that we're going to be a deep disciple, that we're going to live a lifestyle before God where we want to please him with everything that we do. Yeah? Still looking at me funny. What have I done? Buggy? No? Okay. I hope it's clear, guys. Sorry, I've had, I've had this, this cold thing, as I say. So, uh, Beecham's has been my friend. Now I'm fasting Beecham's. Okay. So, we release, this, we release a spirit of, um, of, of wisdom. We bring them to a place of repentance. Now, it's not just a thing where we're just talking to people and talking them through it, and this is how you repent, this is how you become a Christian. But this is really um, so that we're not just talking words. You know, we, the, the Holy Spirit is active in it. The Holy Spirit's power is active in this. Because that's what brings, them, bring, brings people to, to repentance. That's what's going to cause that deep repentance. It's not what we say, because you can intellectually sway someone, but it's the Holy Spirit that does it. Yeah? So it's not just words we're saying, it's the Holy Spirit really just getting a hold of people and bringing them and convicting them 
Because the, the word says, have you got that verse in Corinthians, uh, 2, 2 Corinthians 7.10? You got that, Chris? But the word says that godly sorrow leads to repentance, but worldly sorrow leads to death. So if we're just remorseful, sorry we got caught or whatever, it just leads to death because we're still going to be separated from God. But when we have godly conviction, godly sorrow, godly rep- it, it leads us to repentance. Yeah? It's the Holy Spirit that does it. When we're deeply repentant, that's when the change comes. And uh, John, we've got chapter John, 524. Uh, chapter John? The book of John. Chapter, chapter John, has anyone heard of that? Chapter John? I saw a thing on Instagram the other day, and I was scrolling through, and um, it was like one of their memes or memes, whatever they're called. And this was like really funny face, like, you know... And the caption was, that face you make when she tells you her favorite book in the Bible is the book of Jesus. It's like, there ain't no book called Jesus. There ain't no chapter called John. (laughs) So John 5.24. Have you got that, Chris? Oh, I broke it. Okay, John 5.24. We need to pray that God uh, gives them the faith, people, gives people the faith, because faith is a gift, and it's a gift that causes us to cross over from life to death. It says here, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. You know that... that, that Every time I see these two words, you know, like where it says, truly, truly, I say to you, do you know, I've been told that that's like an, uh, that's an ancient Hebrew or ancient Greek way of writing that it's not Jesus saying, truly, truly, I say to you. He didn't, it's not like that, but it's, it's, it's a way of expressing, like we have an explanation point. Like, it's truly, I say to you, like truthfully, I say to you, whoever hears my words does not come into judgment, but has crossed from death to life. It's like a real expression of like, I'm being, this is real frank. Guys, I'm being real honest with you. Truly, whoever hears my words has passed into death, uh, uh, believes my words has passed from death to life. So we need to pray. We need to pray that, that, that we release a spirit of faith over that person, that they have the faith to then say, right, I've heard all of this stuff. I've repented deeply. God's drawn me to himself. All of this stuff. I've got this spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now I know what to do. Pray and release a spirit of faith over that person that they can now cross from death to life. Like, literally, I was on one side, now I'm on the other side. I was dying, but now I'm alive. It's literally like that simple. Like, you were over here, you were on the broad road to destruction. Now you're over here, you're on the narrow path to life. Yeah? It's literally that simple. Like, you're switching sides. You know, like a a football transfer or whatever. Okay. Why are we doing it? Why are we praying for all of these people? Why do we want this to happen? Do we want it to happen? We pray for our friends and family, truthfully, because we love people. And the word says that God desires all to be saved and come to salvation. So this is my issue with all that you know, Calvinistic stuff where people say, no, no, God's only got a few people that he's taken to heaven and that's it. The rest of you, you, you before, before he created the earth, you're just left to destruction. That's not what the Bible says. 
That is not what the Bible says. The Bible is explicitly clear, explicitly clear that he desires the salvation of all men. Of all men. Over and over again. I would debate anyone with it. Because the truth of Scripture is very, very plain that God wants all people to be saved. If I be lifted up, I draw all men unto myself. My desire is that all men should be saved and come to a knowledge of truth. God desires the salvation of all men. God now repent, uh, causes men to repent everywhere. He calls men to repent everywhere. Jesus said, repent and believe that you'd be saved. Whosoever believes my words, whosoever shall not perish but have eternal life. Whosoever, whosoever, all, 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 draw all, call all. It's constant. It's all the way through scripture. You can't take a little bit of scripture out of context without the context and then just start doing what you want with it. You can't build a theology on one little piece of scripture. You need to know the God of the Bible. His heart throughout, from, from the beginning of time was to call, he didn't want all, the, all of this stuff. He, he gives us free will, you know? I don't want my daughter to grow up and go and have like 10 kids with 20 different people and just, you know, live however she wants to do. No condemnation for people that, 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 that are in a situation like that. There, there's grace. But that's not my heart for her. My desire for her is to, is to have a full life, a perfect life. What did Jesus say in John 10, 10? I've come to give life and life in its fullness. The devil's come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why we do what we do. That's why we go out preaching. That's why me and Rohan go out and talk to people on the streets. We don't know them from Adam, but we go out because there's something in us that wants people to know Jesus. There's something in me that wants to know Jesus more and more. There's something more in us. It's a, it's a, it's a, love, it's a love that he's put in us for people, you know? We're told to share the good news of all men. So it's not just these people on the, on, the, on, the, on the bookmark. I mean, that's a great start. That's a real good start because you can target specific people that you can speak life over, that you can keep these declarations over. You can focus on these people. I've got, a guy, I've got all E's on mine. I've got Barry, I've got Ricky, I've got Ricky, I've got Jamie. There's a guy that me and Rohan met out in the streets with a guy in the wheelchair, um, Lovely guy. He's really been through it. He's had a tough life. When we first approached him, he wasn't really interested. And I shared a little bit of my story and he opened up a bit. We've had a few conversations with him and sat down and had coffee and stuff like that. Um, but he's open to it. He's got a... The, the, you know, there is something, something there. But what, what good's that? If I just leave it like that. All right, mate, thanks for the coffee. See you later. It's no good because... The reason I've got him written down here is because I'm praying and speaking life over him. Because I'm, I'm, I'm praying and speaking all of this stuff over him because God draws him to himself. God draws all of these guys that I've written down to himself when we speak the gospel. He puts a measure of life in him to, to cause him to believe. Then we start speaking other stuff over him. Give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation, God. Cause him to yourself. I pray for a deep repentance, a deep repentant heart, Lord God. All of this stuff, we're speaking life over him. Do you know the power of your words is amazing? Seriously, and I'm not, I'm not, it's not prosperity gospel and all of that stuff where you just name it and claim it, speak what you want and, and it's there. But there is a real sense where we have to speak life over people, like God's life, victory over people. Yeah? You know, if you, little kids and stuff, you know, they're so, so sweet and so innocent and there's some parents that just speak stuff over, oh, you never amount to nothing, you're no good, you're this and that. And it shapes their minds. 
Like, it really does stuff to them, you know? And, and what is it that's doing that? It's the words. It's the power of your words. You know, Jesus said that we'll give an account for every idle word that we've ever spoken, unless we come to him in repentance and it's, it's covered. But every idle word that we've spoken, you know? I've spoken some really careless words before. Probably done some damage to people as well, you know? Our words are so powerful. In the beginning, when God created the world, what did he say? Let there be light. Scientists, I don't know how true it is, but I heard something where they've dissected atoms and molecules and they've broken it down and they've looked up at it with these crazy microscopes and basically they found that everything is made from sound. Everything is made from sound. And that would ring true with what the creation says, isn't it? When God says, let there be light, God spoke and it was. That's the power of our God. And we've got a bit of God in us. God breathed his life into us. So the words we say don't just go away. The things that we say that are wrong are bouncing around in eternity forever. You know? We have to give an account for them. So we do all of this because we love people. We're speaking life over these people because we love people. We're out on the streets, we're talking to people, we're talking to our friends or colleagues, and we're trying to direct people to the truth because Jesus tells, uh, Jesus tells us to go and make converts. No? You were listening. What does he tell us to make? Disciples. Go into all the world, make disciples of people, teach them to obey what I've commanded you. That's our job. So it doesn't necessarily mean that, guys, we all have to sell our stuff, pack up, and we're moving to the Philippines or whatever. It's not necessarily that. But your, your world is when you go to the petrol station and you you know, stick a tenner in and buy a Snickers. Your world is when you're at Bible college and someone's struggling with some stuff and you're speaking stuff into them, you know? You're encouraging them. Uh, your world is when you go to work and you're sitting next to one of your colleagues at work that's really struggling with some stuff, you know? That's your world, yeah? How can you be trusted to go out to the Philippines and whatever? And great, if God's called you to do that, that's fantastic. I've great, you know, I've really... I know my life's not just here. I want to, get, I want to do more stuff, but God willing. But we, we, we have to start with what, what he's given us. Yeah, we have to start with what he's given us. And do you know what? I've been really rubbish at it throughout much of my Christian life. It's really only recently that I'm really getting a grip on it, you know, where I'm actually saying to people, you know, because uh, we have to have a boldness as well, and it has to come from the Holy Spirit. Yeah, because otherwise if we do it in our own strength, it, you know, we just fail, and it's ugly and, and messy. But... You know, I'm at a stage now where, you know, people are struggling through stuff, and I'm like, bro, we've got an alpha call starting, you interested? Or I'm walking the dog, and I'll just give out a leaflet to someone because they're there, and, you know, oh, do you have any faith or whatever? You know, that sort of thing where the Holy Spirit's power only really becomes active when we actually step out and start doing stuff. Do you know that? Like, it's, like, it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Because, we, you know, oh, we come to church, and let's just consume, and that's a great word or whatever, you know, and the worship was really good, or oh, I didn't really like the worship. All of that stuff... We, it's not just about Sundays. Yeah? It's more than Sundays. So now we get loaded up and we take that back out into the world. And we, and, and, and we share what we've got with people. It's not just for us. Yeah? Who likes spicy food? Anyone like spicy food? Yeah, got a couple of hands going up. Yeah? Yeah, oh yeah, I see you. I see you. I see you. Yeah. I never liked spicy food. Like, I literally, I'm not even joking, like, me and Kate, Kate would always be like, oh, yeah, let's get a curry, babe. I'm like, oh, I don't really like it. Uh, or I go to the, get a kebab, and I, I don't eat this stuff all the time. You know, sometimes I eat it, just occasionally. 
when I'm not fasting or after a fast. But, um, you know, I go into the kebab shop and the guy's like, oh, you want salad, chilli sauce, everything? No, 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 cool, just a salad, salad, loads of salad. I hated spicy food, you know, I really hated it. And Kate would get, like, masalas and, you know, whatever, fowls, vindaloos. But I was like, korma, I'd just go for a korma. And seriously, like, we'd open it up and I'd be sitting there and, and, and eating it and I'd be like, oh, babe, is it hot in here or is it just me? Like, it's a korma, you know? I never did spicy foods. I just didn't do it. But then something magical happened in my life. And uh, Katie bought a bottle of Tabasco. Tabasco sauce. And I thought, well, that looks good, but I know it's going to be spicy. And Anyway, eventually, one day, I plucked up the courage to open it. And it was a new bottle, and I opened it. And within two weeks, it was gone. Like... When I first started it, I was like, whoa, this is, this is hot, man. I'm sweating, like, whoo. You know, the fridge is open, the heating's off, got all the doors open, Katie's coming down, like, blue. And I'm like, well, it's really hot in here. But eventually, like, I really got, I really got used to it, and I loved it. And um, now it goes on everything. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, yeah, uh, you know, the meat, the soups, Katie's making soups. I'm off a few drops of Tabasco in there, mix it up. It's really, oh, it's an, mm, I'm really loving it. I'm enjoying it, you know, um, even everything, biscuits, I'm getting a biscuit out, oh, what's going on the biscuit, I'm trying to get the kids to eat it, and the kids won't, no, no, it's too spicy, Dad, and I'm like, come on, just try a little bit, you know, and uh, Dad, my Cocoa Pops taste funny, you know, and I'm just like, just eat it, it's good for you, you know, all of this stuff, but do you know, that's how it's supposed to be with us, do you know that, like, we're supposed to be that Tabasco, do you know, like, so we change the taste and the flavour of everything that we come into contact with, everybody. And do you know why? So that, that, that when people meet us, they don't even meet us. They meet Jesus. So that when you meet people, it ain't even you that they meet. So when we meet people, that it's not even supposed to be us that they meet. They're supposed to see Jesus. We impact like everything that we do. It's like that, that bottle of Tabasco and we just get it on everything. Just spice it up a little bit. Change the flavour. You know? It's not just so we can come to church and sit at the back and think, yeah, that was great, fantastic. I'm going to go home now and play Xbox. Or, you know, I, I, I really I heard that word. I jotted down a few notes. Fantastic. But what do you do with it after that? Where's the application? You know? There's nothing wrong with knowing a lot. That's great. We need to have knowledge. But we also have to have an application. Like an iPhone. I hate iPhones. But... We have to do something with it. It's all good having the phone sitting there, but what's going to happen if you don't... You're never going to know that football score unless you press Sky Sports. Do you know what I mean? You're never going to know like, that recipe unless you go onto your recipe app or whatever. You have to do something with it. Yeah? Is that making sense? So evangelism isn't just like an event. Like uh, on Wednesdays at 10 o'clock, we're going to go out and we're going to preach the gospel to everyone that walks past us and then we're going to go home and carry on with our lives. Evangelism is our lifestyle. You know? Everything we do, everywhere we go, we're sprinkling that flavor, that fragrance of Jesus on everything that we come into contact with. It's not like a one-time event, you know? We do it weekly or, or bi-weekly. No, that's not, that's not what he calls us to do. Go out and preach the gospel whenever you feel like it, you know? And it's not a condemnation message, guys. This isn't like condemnation. You know, you're not preaching enough. You know, you need to sort it out, buck up, or you have to get out of kingdom faith. That's not what we're saying, but 
you know, our, in every part of our lives, in every part of my life, I want to be more proactive where I'm sharing the gospel and sharing this hope that I've got with people because it's not for me to keep. Jesus didn't save me just so I can keep it all to myself. He wants us to go out and, and, and share with other people. And I know it's scary, I get that, you know, but I t- honestly, when you step out and you start trusting God, because you have to step out in faith, but when you actually step out and you start doing it, the Holy Spirit's power becomes active. God, God does stuff when we step out. Yeah? And I think suddenly you find you actually know a lot more than you thought you knew when you start talking to people. Suddenly you start talking to people and you think, well, where did that come from? I really, you know, I know about that. And, you know, you're just listening to people and listening where they're at and then you kind of think, you know, you, well, Jesus says this and you, you kind of, well, where did that scripture come from? I never would have been able to remember that. Maybe I got it backwards and, you know, whatever. But the Holy Spirit's power becomes active when we step out in faith. But the real Jesus has to be proclaimed because we don't want to give people a false gospel, a false message. You know, because most people's perception of Jesus is the, 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 you know, the framed picture, the, the, the blonde hair, the feminine features. That's people's picture of Jesus. Jesus wasn't like that. Jesus was a man's man. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't some hippie out there just picking flowers with his mates. Do you know that? He was a real man's man. That's why men followed him. You don't just walk up to people like I walk past a building site or something and go, all right, mate, come and follow me. I'll make you a fisher of men. <laughs> if I, if, you know, if I did that, people probably wouldn't follow me. But, you know, if I was like a builder, like one of them, do you know what I mean? One of the blokes. Like, all right, mate, come and follow me, mate. We're going to have a good time. Come on. I'll get you a fry up. Do you know what I mean? People will probably be more prone to follow you. Jesus was a man's man. That's why men followed him. Yeah? So we have to proclaim the real Jesus because otherwise what happens is we give people a false gospel and they, 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 they start to think that Jesus is just like a holy ATM machine where they come and they just, you know, whatever they want, if they put in the right formula, they get out what they need. God is good. He's a God of, you know, he's a God of love, but he's also a God of wrath. You know, he's a God of mercy, but he's also a God of judgment. So we have to, you know, you can't take one attribute of God's because it throws it out of balance. That's not who he is. We have to proclaim the real Jesus, the real, the real gospel message. Jesus was pretty raw with people. Do you know, I don't think anyone actually spoke more scalding words about sin, but was so merciful to sinners. Do you know what I mean? There wasn't, there's such a, you know, such a, a symmetry to it, you know? Ravi Zacharias said that it's like a tiger, like you can look into the eyes of a tiger and you can see majesty, but you can also look into the eyes of a tiger and be absolutely terrified. There's a fearful symmetry. Yeah? We want to make sure that people actually go through it um, not in the right way. It's not like a formula, but that, that, that people come to a real knowledge of Jesus and they come to repentance. We haven't got these guys uh, here this week, but these are little booklets. These are resources that Pastor Clive's put together. Now, it's all good that we've released faith over these people and we've preached the gospel and the real Jesus and they've been drawn unto him. That's great, fantastic. Now, what do I do? I'm a Christian. I've been a Christian for years. Now, what do I do? How do I get this person to know Jesus? Ta-da! little resource. Pastor Clive's put this together. This isn't for you to give to people, but this is for you guys to actually learn the scriptures and to use this as a, as a tool, because it is just a tool, to 
help people take that next step. So when we're out or whatever and we're talking to um, our friends or our colleagues at work or whatever it is, the people that we've been speaking life over, have you got a second now? Have you got, have you got, have you got a minute? Have you got half an hour so we can go through this? Oh, do you want to know a little bit more? They might be like, no, I don't want to know a bit more, but that's great because that means that they're not ready. But if they are, actually, yeah, you know, I'd like to hear a little bit more. So let's get some time. Let's sit down together, maybe on a lunch break or whatever, and we can go through this. And this is what the Bible says about salvation. So there's a few verses in here. And what we want to do is get people to... We want to learn this and these verses and what the Bible says about salvation so that then when we sit down with people, we can go through it with them so that they can actually read it themselves because we don't just want to read it for, you know, great, you know, well, Jesus says that I've come to give you life and life in all its fullness. What do you think about that? What we want to do is give them a Bible, if it's the app on your phone or whatever, and, okay, look, let's find John 10.10. They're not going to know where it is, but you, you take them to that scripture, to that passage, and then we're like, okay, so you just read verse 10 there for me. Jesus says that I've come to give you life and life in its fullness, but the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay, great. So what does that mean? What does that mean to you? We're not doing it for them. We don't want to do it for them. We want to do it with them. Yeah? So we get them to read it. They might not have any idea what that means. They might not have any idea at all what that means. But what we, what we do then is explain it to them. Well, Jesus says that he's come to give you full life. He wants you to have his life. Yeah? The enemy wants to take your life. Jesus wants to give you a fullness of life. Yeah? Really simple stuff. Really practical. We take them on to another verse, um, like John 14, 6. And it says, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Okay, what do you think that means? Get them to read it. They're probably going to have some questions. No idea. Don't know what you're talking about. Who's this Jesus guy? Well, he's the way, the truth, and the life. What do you mean? There's loads of ways to God. All of that stuff. Okay, cool. Well, let's just see what the Bible says about that. Because you're only... I, I always find when I'm talking to someone that the best way to deal with it is to always send them back to the Word of God. Yeah? Always, because then it, it's not a cop-out. Like, you're not taking... It's not like you're not taking responsibility for it, but you're, you're kind of saying, well, this isn't what I'm saying. This is what God says. It's right there. This is what Jesus has said. So you're deflecting, not deflecting responsibility per se, but, you, you know, it's like, this is the truth. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pointing you to the truth. Like, you know, like when you, the, the sun hits your car, your, your car mirror or something, and, and you just get that spark or that dash or whatever, or when you're driving at night, it's like that. You're just reflecting it. You're reflecting the light, just reflecting it back. It's not my words. This is what Jesus says. Oh, there's loads of ways to God. Loads of ways to God is what they'll say. Um, and then we go on to another one. Like, salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name given under heaven by which man can be saved. Yeah? So we're moving on. It's like a step-by-step thing. And then you can do like a little recap. Okay, so Jesus said he's come to give you life. Uh, he's the way to that life. Salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven by which man can be saved. You're deflecting it back to the word. Yeah? Well, why do I need to be saved? Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of, glory of God. What do you think that means? Well, it's pretty self-explanatory. Now I'm getting it, you know, all have sinned and fallen short. All have sinned except Donald Trump. No. All have sinned except the Pope. No. Only half of you people have sinned in England. That's not what it says. All have sinned. All like sheep we've gone astray. Yeah? Now it's making sense to me, Nick. Tell me a little bit more. Okay, cool. I'm glad that you asked. 
Well, you know what? If we don't turn away because we've fallen short, if we don't turn away from the sin and the wrong things that we've done, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So that's what it pays. That's what we've earned. We've all sinned. We've all earned death. Yeah? So we get them to read it again, ask them what it means. 2 Corinthians 5.21. What's the way out? Well, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we could be the righteousness of God. Yeah? So we've given them, we've given them, look, Jesus has come to give you life. He's the way to that life. Salvation is in no one else. We've all sinned. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. Well, how do we get it? Well, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Well, how do I do it, Nick? Tell me more. I want to know. I, I need to give my life to him. Well, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So now all I need to do is confess my sins. There's a deep repentance there because we've been praying this stuff over people. There's a deep repentance, a conviction where they confess their sins. God is faithful and just. Faithful means he's faithful. Yeah? Just means he's going to do it. He's going to do the right thing. He's just. Being just, if you've already punished someone, you can't punish someone else. Yeah? Is that the punishment's been, been, been paid. The, you know, it, it, the punishment has been made. So now he's just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Yeah? So we tell them how to confess. If you confess with your mouth and believe Jesus is Lord and God raised him uh, in your heart, then you'll be saved. Yeah? Get them to read it, see what it means to them. John 5, 24 that we covered earlier. Whoever believes in me, whoever hears my words and believes them will not be condemned but has crossed from death to life. We've taken him through the whole process. This is, this is who, who he is. This is why he's come. This is what we've done. This is how we get there. This is how we're forgiven. This is how we cross over from death to life. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John 1, 1, John 1, 12. A really handy tool, really practical. Yeah? This is the reason why we do what we've done. This is the reason why we're out speaking to people. And now we, we know how to lead them through. We know how to take them through into the next steps. We know how to, to lead them to the cross. Because what that produces then is a deep repentance. And because we've got a deep repentance, we've got a deep disciple. We've got a follower. Converts fall away. Disciples remain. Yeah? Yeah? We get a lot of decisions, don't we, in church? Oh, I made a decision for Jesus. I was caught up with the emotion. You know, I made a decision, but we don't get many disciples. Can we get the worship guys up quick? Have we got some time? Just real quick. Maybe just the piano. Yeah, it's cool. Thanks, guys. So, I mean, a really practical, really practical message. I mean, is that helping? Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah? Does that help? Yeah. Okay. Because what I want to see from all of us, myself included, is that I'm, I'm more, more of a disciple daily, that I'm following Jesus daily, but I'm actually reproducing after myself. Because it's interesting how God works, where everything that, you know, right from the beginning, he said that everything shall produce after its kind. That's why when you plant a, an, an apple pip, you don't get avocados, yeah? That's why when you plant a, 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 the stone from a peach, you, you don't get an apple tree, you don't get pears, you don't get carrots, because everything produces after its kind, and that's why evolution just doesn't work. So what I want to do is produce after my kind, 
I want to make disciples because Jesus has told me to make, make disciples. He's told me to reproduce. Why are we reproducing? We're reproducing because of Jesus. Jesus has reproduced his righteousness in us. Now we need to go and reproduce that in other people, in our world, in our, in our workplace, to our friends, when we're down the petrol station grabbing a Snickers, all of that stuff, yeah? When we're stocking up on Tabasco sauce. The checkout girl, we're reproducing after our own kind. We're constantly reproducing. We're, giving, we're spreading the fragrance of Jesus. Just stand to your feet, guys, real quick. I'm going to leave it there. I'm probably tired of my voice. But. Guys, I want you to just respond in your hearts because I want you guys to, and myself included, as I said, you know, we want to be a people that reproduces disciples. So, you know, if, if, you, if you're someone that's been on the fence and, and, and careful about sharing your faith because you don't want to upset anyone, but resolute in your heart today that you want to ask God to give you a boldness to step out, to go out into your world, into your workplace, go and step out out of your comfort zone. Let the Holy Spirit's power become active in you as you do that. Yeah? Just respond in your hearts, guys. That you know, if you just, you know, God, God, God knows your heart even before you before we've said anything. He knows that our weaknesses and he knows our struggles. But you know, as we pray life over these people and stuff, and we're gonna see stuff happen when we step out in faith. Ask him to give you a boldness, uh, a courage. Father, I thank you for everything that you've done today, Lord, everything that you've implanted into our hearts, Lord God. Thank you that your word doesn't go out void, Father. It doesn't return to you void, Lord, but it it, it accomplishes what you set it out to do. Lord God, thank you that you've called us to to know you. You've called us to, 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 to break through so that we could break out in our lives and that we could impact the world around us, Lord God. Father, I pray for a, a fresh infilling of your spirit, Lord God. I pray for a fresh boldness and courage that when we step out into our world, that we would begin to share, Father, your truth of who you are, that your heart is for all men to be saved. Father, that you don't want anyone separated from you, Lord God, but you want us to impact our colleagues and our, our friends and the people around us, Lord God. You want us to speak life over people, Father. Lord God, today I speak life over this gathering in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask you for a fresh infilling of your spirit. And Father, that we would be what you've called us to be. Father, we will be bold in what we say. Bold when we say it, Lord God. And as we step out in faith, that you'll go before us, Lord God. That as we step out in faith, Lord Jesus, that you would fill our mouths, Lord God, and you would cause people to be drawn unto yourself. You would cause a repentance. You would cause a deep, deep conviction and an understanding. I thank you, Father, that you always give us the tools that we need to accomplish what you want us to accomplish, Lord God. You always fill us with what we need. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for every soul here, everyone under the sound of my voice, Lord God. Father, myself included, we submit ourselves to you this morning afresh. I thank you for what you've done, Lord God. I thank you now for what you're going to do, that 2018, Lord God, will be a year of victory, a year of harvest, a year of breakout. I thank you, Father, that your heart is for all men to be saved. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this year. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're going to do in us and amongst us and through us, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com.